Are you glad that no matter what, his arms are open and they're open wide? That's good news today, not just for the people in the house that have had a great week and the performance card has looked great. That's great news today for the person who says, I've blown it and I've blown it big. And to be honest, I've been kind of distant. I don't know how Jesus feels about me. This is how he feels about you. The arms of the Father are wide open today to anybody that wants to come running home. And I'm telling you, he's in this place. Anybody sense his presence? He's here. He's wanting to do something awesome in your life and my life. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much that you are in this place. Thank you that because of the blood of Jesus, any barrier, any, any barricade, any veil, anything between us and God has been shattered from top to bottom. And because of the blood of Jesus, we can boldly come into the presence of God today. And Lord, in your presence, anything can happen. So I'm praying that over your people. And Lord, I'm praying the prayer of Samuel today. Speak, for I'm listening. Can you just say that wherever you are? Speak, Lord. I am listening. One more time from your heart to God. Speak, Lord. I am listening. In Jesus' name and all God's people shouted. Amen. Amen. Hey, fist bump a couple people on your way to your seat. Are you excited to be here, X Church? That was not encouraging. I know you're still talking to your neighbor. Hey, tell him real quick. Say, is that a new shirt? Just ask him. Is that a new shirt? Say, that looks great on you. I see the guys are being a little hesitant on that. Tell the other person that you just ignored. Tell them you smell good. You need an Altoid, but you smell good. Just tell them. Um, hey, it is so awesome to be here, X Church. I believe it's going to be an awesome day. And uh, just welcome everybody. If you're brand new to this place, if you're a first-time guest, you have picked the right spot. If you are still checking out this whole Jesus thing, you've picked the right spot. This is a place where you can feel safe and comfortable and belong before you believe. And I want to give a special shout out. And Lithopolis is, that, say that five times fast, Lithopolis is going to make the wall shake in their greeting as well. But welcome to my Lancaster family. We are so pumped to be tuned in live. And uh, God's been doing something special all day, and this experience is going to be no different. Um, if, if you're new also, I just want to say this. If you hate today, then come back, because I'm not the lead pastor. And um, next week will be even better. Uh, pastor Tim did want me to say hello to everyone and that he'll be back next week. Uh, he is taking a much-deserved vacation with his family, and, uh, but he's so excited to be back with you. But you've stepped into week three of a series on prayer uh, called Thy Kingdom Come. Uh, Pastor Tim kicked us off the first week with a new approach to God. And then come on, give it up for your campus pastor. Pastor Zach brought the word last week. It was amazing. And uh, I'm just so pumped about this because uh, Pastor Tim talked about this the first week that when we say prayer, that can at times feel like homework to some people. Anybody feel like that? Um, but I just want to say this. I know this about you. At least I think I know this about you. Sometime this past week, you had an awesome conversation with someone that made your day. Anybody? Four of you. So I, I, I'm, uh, I'm validated. Four of you had that kind of conversation to where you left feeling better. You laughed till your sides hurt. That happens very easily to me. Um, you had a time where someone spoke life into you. And my guess is you didn't walk away saying, you know what, I, I just got to get better. I got to get better at taking my vitamins and brushing my teeth and having life-giving conversations that leave me better. But that's what prayer is. It's a conversation. 
It's just a conversation with you and God. It's about you. You were not invited when Jesus called you and Jesus is calling you. You weren't invited to a religion, a list of do's and don'ts. You were invited to the most exciting relationship on the planet, an adventure with Jesus. And relationships are made primarily of communication and conversation. So last week, Pastor Zach gave some really powerful tools on how to talk to God. And today, I want to talk about the other side of that conversation. And this is a very interesting topic. Honestly, this is one of the things that um, I feel like people ask a lot in church is, how do I hear from God? So today we're going to talk about, okay, last week is, how do we talk to God? This week we're going to kind of dive into, how do we hear from God? Because here's the deal. Prayer was never meant to be a monologue, but a dialogue. And God has a conversation. Have you ever had a conversation with someone, maybe this week, where you sit down, and can you imagine this? You just sit down at the kitchen table, and you got your, uh, got your water, got your almonds. I don't know why you're eating almonds, but, you know, they step up, and, and they sit down at the table, and they're like, I, let me just tell you, it is so good to see you. It is awesome. You look great, by the way. Love this shirt. Hey, it has been a really tough week, and to be honest, like, just a lot of things going wrong. Pet bird kiwi, he died. He croaked last, uh, last week, and it was just really tough, but I've been praying. I've been getting through it, fasting, and I've been watching movies to try to, you know, just numb all the pain that is inside. But anyways, great talk to you. See you. Bye. I think that's some of our faith journey with God, though, isn't it? God, I, I just, I love you so much, and you know, they say I need to read this word more, so I'm reading it, and okay, I got through my verses, and God, please touch Ed Banny. She, you know, she got that toe surgery next week. You know, the fungus is getting out of control, and Lord, you know everything that I'm worried about. I need you to heal some things in my life, so please do that in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Pastor Zach, God never talks to me. So what I want to do today, because I don't know what you think of when you hear talk to God. Some of you think, who is this guy? So, uh, so, I don't know what you think of when you hear talk to God. Maybe, so for a while I was in a really spiritual church where there was some really, you ever met someone that, uh, how do you say this? I'm really, I can be weird in ways, but you ever just met somebody that's just different. Um, and I, I knew some people, they're just really spiritual and they heard God every second of the day about the weirdest stuff. And I remember this one girl, I remember, uh, she would just say, God told me to wear purple today. So I got on purple and it's wonderful. And he whispered it to me at a little pillow fight last night, and he just wanted me to wear purple. And you think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. And uh, I just want to be like, but did he? You know, um, I don't. Uh, who am I? But I think you just had bad pizza, and you need to sleep more. And you know, um, or uh, this was really bad. When I was in high school and early college, there was a lot of people that always thought they heard from God for relationships. Multiple times I'd be with the girl and I knew we were about to break up and someone would come up and be like, God just showed me you guys in ministry and relationship in the future. And I should be like, get behind me, you father of lies. You did not hear anything from God. And you're about to mess all of this up. And, uh, or maybe you're like me, I can be over analytical. So like for a while when I thought about hearing from God, I would just like grip my teeth like here. And I don't know if I expect some audible, but I'm like, I guess I don't hear from God. But I want to try to demystify that a little bit today. And we're going to go quick. Note takers or history makers, can I get an amen? So I want you to take notes, but I'm going to go quick. But if you don't hear anything else I say today, I want you to hear this. God still speaks. You can hear his voice and he desires to speak to you. I'm going to say that one more time till you believe it. God still speaks. Lancaster, I want you to hear this. God still speaks. He desires to speak to you. And you can hear his voice. This was birthed in me in a really big way as a weird middle school kid in eighth grade. If you remember me telling the story, if you've been there, I got 
Uh, I really gave my life to Christ in a big way in middle school. And uh, part of it was my mom prayed a new best friend into my life that was passionate about God. His name was Colt. And Colt was not weird. He was just one of those people that was normal. And uh, he was like captain of the football team, like homecoming king. I never felt insecure at all. Um, and I just, um, he, but he was just normal. But he had this down to earth, as mischievous as I was, if you can imagine that. And, but he had this weird sensitivity to the voice of God. I remember one time he had a dream, and in the dream, he met this guy, he heard the name of this gentleman, and he told his dad when he woke up, and his dad said, how did you know that name? I've never told you about him. But God had revealed that man and told Colt, you guys need to witness to this young man. Long story short, they went and talked to this man, and the man gave his life to Christ and died a couple months later. Crazy, crazy things. Well, I remember, this may sound weird for an eighth grade kid, but I mean, I just got obsessed with God. And I heard that you could experience God's presence in powerful ways. You'd be filled with the Holy Spirit. You could really experience him in, in really great ways. But I was just this over-analytical eighth-grade kid, and I never felt anything. And I just was really discouraged, and a, and a discouraged eighth-grade kid over not feeling the presence of God. And we went to a revival night one night, and if you know anything about revival nights... Um, I mean, you cannot hear anything. People are praying everywhere at the end. I'm at the altar, Colts in the very back. And I remember I prayed a really immature prayer in my head. I said, God, um, I'm really discouraged about um, not feeling your presence and experiencing your spirit like I want to. And you, you seem to talk to Colt a lot, but not me. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to ask you, would you speak to Colt and just let him know where I'm at to encourage me? And I'm not saying to do this. For whatever reason, in God's divine mercy that night, I remember getting up, everybody started clearing out. I looked back, Colt was in the very back. He was standing to his feet in the back. He'd been on his knees praying somewhere. And um, when we made eye contact, his eyes got big. And he said, hey, we need to, he came over to where I was, said, we need to talk. And I said, okay. And he said, man, you know, I don't say this kind of stuff. I'm not weird. He said, but man, while I was praying, your face came in my mind. He said, and trust me, I tried to block it out. He said, but... He said, but God started to speak to me about you. And he told me to tell you he knows you're discouraged about not experiencing his presence in a greater way. And he told me to tell you he knows right where you are. And he said, there's something in your life he's been trying to deal with. And as you step into greater and greater levels of surrender, you're going to experience greater and greater levels of his presence. And I want to tell you, a few things happened to me in that moment. Number one, I, still, I was thinking about it last night, all these years later, about 10 years later. And um, it's a joke. And the childlike wonder and awe at how real God is. Come on, somebody. How supernatural and real the God we serve is. This isn't just some boring religion check off Sunday checklist. No, it is the greatest adventure on planet Earth. And then number two, the fact that God took time to let me know he knew where I was. And I just want to tell you, if you can hear the voice of God through me, God knows right where you are. He knows everything you're dealing with. And number three, in that moment, a hunger was birthed in my heart to get to know the voice of God for myself. God still speaks. He desires to speak to you, and you can hear his voice. So last week, Pastor Zach gave us the five P's of prayer. Today, I want to suggest four R's of hearing from God. Are you ready? Shake your neighbor. Tell us, say, I'm ready. Say, can you hear me now? Ah, uh, cheesy Verizon joke from back in the day. All right. Lancus, are you with me? The Lord just told me that was only 27% participation. So one more time. Are you with me? Let's go. Let's go. Number one, realize who you are. Realize who you are. Jesus said this. He said, I know my sheep and my sheep hear my 
voice. The number, one of the number one ways we hear from God is by embracing our identity of who we are to God. My sheep hear my voice. In fact, since you know I love participation, you love it as much as I do, let's say this together. I am his sheep, I am his sheep. and I can hear his voice. One more time like you mean it. I am his sheep, and I can hear his voice. Why does this matter? Because everything we receive in the kingdom we receive by faith. And you can't be blessed by what you don't believe. So I'm, I've been asking, I've been praying on my knees, asking the Holy Spirit in this moment to shatter the lie that hearing from God is for really special spiritual people. Maybe you thought what I used to think. Oh, well, okay, I know Pastor Tim knows how to hear from God. It's Pastor Tim, after all. And Pastor Rush, you're talking about this. So I hope that maybe you know how. No, no, no. I'm just a sheep with a really great shepherd. And the closer I follow, the more clearly I hear. Let me tell you something. You can hear his voice. When you were born, you were born, most likely, with physical ears and the capacity to hear people's voice. Same spiritually. When you're born again spiritually, when you join your life to Christ, you are spiritually given the capacity to hear the voice of God. It's in your DNA. It is, it is what the church historically is known for, is they can hear the voice of their Savior. And I just want to tell you, whether you've realized or not, maybe you've been busy, maybe you've not known it's his voice. There was this one time the disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus had just come back from the dead, and he was talking to them. Have you heard the story? And Jesus was sharing with them the scriptures. They didn't even know it was Jesus. But when he left, they said, did not our hearts burn within us as he spoke? Because every other voice you'll hear from the outside, but the voice of God comes from the inside. Because Paul says he communicates truth spirit to spirit. And sometimes we just dismiss it. I want to tell you, you probably heard his voice and you didn't even realize it. You can hear his voice. You're a sheep. You're not just a sheep. You're a son or daughter. And can you imagine not talking to your kids? God wants to speak to you and we learn his voice best through relationship. Uh, picture this way. You leave church today. You're in the parking lot and a hundred people are around you. And one person calls your name. They say, Byron. Now, Byron's a tall gentleman. He'll probably look around and... And, uh, and, and see them and, and, and know who it is. But let's say um, that it's somebody you don't know. You'll have no clue who it is. But if it was your spouse calling your name, then you would know immediately, wouldn't you? Because you'd know that voice anywhere. Can I tell you, you learn God's voice best through relationship. Can I tell you something else? You learn his tone best through relationship. I, I really feel like some of you, you think the tone of God in your life is one of frustration. And you need to hear today his voice of love sing over you that God is crazy about you. He loves you. And I just want to give a shameless plug for XU. If you've not gone through XU, one of the powerful things about XU is you learn more and more about your identity in Christ. And through your embraced identity of who you are as a son or daughter, God's going to speak to you more and more. Can I get an amen? Number one, realize who you are. Number two, read his word. I'm going to go quick through this because we've talked about this a lot. But to be honest, this is the most important part. Because I want to tell you this. This is the biggest and most primary way God speaks to you and I. If you're, if you're a note taker, write this down. Those who know his word best tend to hear his voice most. Those who, those who know his word best tend to hear his voice most. There are a lot of great books, but 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is God-breathed. In other words, this is the only book that's alive. It's the only book that has a breath. It's the only book that has a heartbeat. This is the only book that... Because the Holy Spirit supernaturally inspired the writers, the Holy Spirit can supernaturally inspire the reader. 
The Lord can open your eyes. This is why sometimes you're reading this book and a sentence jumps off the page. This is why sometimes you're reading this book or you're hearing this book and a seed gets deposited in your heart that bears fruit that you never thought would come to pass. So sometimes you get in this book and it's like a supernatural mirror that shows you stuff deep in your heart that you never knew was there that God wants to heal and deal with. This is the number one way God speaks. And I love that this book is falling apart. Charles Spurgeon said that a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. I want to encourage you, live in this book. Breathe in this book. Read this book more Monday through Saturday than you hear it on Sunday mornings. Get in this book. And can I tell you, so many times we want a specific word from God, but the more you learn the general word of God, the more you'll be postured to hear a specific word from God. Because here's the other thing about this book. This is not only the primary way God speaks. This is the litmus test, the supreme court for anything else you think he speaks. If you think you're hearing a voice that says you need to have self-harm or divorce that person or to do this sin or to think bad about yourself or you're not going to make it or you might as well give up or a voice of fear, I want to tell you definitively that is not the voice of God because the Holy Spirit will never contradict the very word that he wrote. And this is the primary way he's... Fall in love with this book. And you might say, well, I'm brand new to the faith. I don't even know how to get in this book. I want to mention something I've never mentioned before, XU. And I want to encourage you. There are people that will show you where to start. They'll, pr they'll prove to you that God didn't speak in Shakespeare with all the these, thous, and thuses. They'll help you find a translation that's easy, a plan that's easy. Fall in love with this book. And can I tell you this? Just a, just a little tip, something that changed my life. And this may seem small. But I've learned if each day I'll read this book, and not just read this book, but read this book until I hear his voice, there is a principle of stewardship that if I'll learn each day to get a small word from God, it won't be such a stretch when I need a big word from God. There are seasons that I've neglected his written word, and then it's a little bit of a stretch. All right, God, now I need to know if I need to move. And it's not that God won't speak to you, but I just want to tell you, the more you tune your ear to the right channel, the easier it's going to be when you need to hear a big song and God can speak to you. That was good. I just made that up, but that was so good. <laughs> Amen, Pastor Russ. Man, that was awesome. So good. All right, number two, read his word. Number three, recognize his voice. I, I was in Argentina for a year. I may have mentioned this before, and I, it, it took a while to learn Spanish. Uh, and I was with my best friend, Colt, that I mentioned earlier. We were there, and like month one, we became really good friends with this Argentine named Gonzalo. And Gonzalo knew even less English than we knew Spanish. And um, it, we were at a really strict school. I remember, so once a week we got to go out and um, get a really good dinner out in the town. And uh, I missed the exchange rate, three to one ratio. So you get a nice Argentinian steak, fries, dessert, and a drink for about five bucks US. Come on, somebody. That sound amazing. I felt the Holy Spirit on that one. Um, but it was amazing. But I, so I was like, all right, Gazala, where are we going to go eat today? Uh, or I tried to put it in and try to ask it in Spanish. And he goes, oh, I know this place. So good. I don't know why I'm speaking in a different accent. Um, he's like, I know this place. So good. So we go to this place and um, it was like Tenedor Libre, which is like, it's like all that they just bring out meat on platters, kind of like a Brazilian steakhouse, but not as safe. <laughs> if I knew you were going to eat lunch, I wouldn't tell you about the bull testicles and the coagulated blood balls and all those things that we ate later and didn't realize what we ate. But I'll, I won't tell you that. But it was awful. And I remember afterwards, I was like, Gonzalo, what was that? You said that place was so good. And he, I'll never forget, he looked at me with dead earnestness, and he said, she was the guest. And I looked back at him and said, what? 
She was the guest. What? Talking about the queen, Buckingham Palace. Who, who's the guest where? What does this have to do with how awful this meal was that you swore was so good? And I just ate things that I can never erase from my memory. He's like, she was the guest. Okay, well, I'm just so glad that she found a castle in Germany, and here I am about to throw up my lunch, so I'm just so glad that she was the guest. Well, I hope she goes right home. Hope hospitality is wonderful. I hope that, you know, you never eat again, because I'm sure not. About an hour later, realized through, you know, the different uh, genders of pronouns and just different stuff in the language translation, he was trying to say, it was a guess. And I was like, I gotta learn Spanish. I got this is awful. I just ate bull testicles. Um, you ever feel like you and God are speaking different languages? You ever? I'm not gonna ask if you and you feel like you and your spouse ever speak different languages, but let me ask you: You ever feel like you and God are speaking different? Part of learning to hear His voice is learning to recognize His voice. That again, if if I'm gritting my teeth trying to hear Him here, what I'm really do is trying in my natural man to hear what can only be communicated to the Spirit. What I'm doing is I'm forgetting that God speaks through the languages he created us to hear from. So, sometimes this, I, I encourage you because this is, I'm still in training wheels. I don't, I'm just on a journey with this like you are and we only have uh, four more hours. Um, so I want to encourage you on your card to check out the resources and study this further. But I love Mark Batterson says that there are seven languages God speaks. He talks about desires. That not all desires are from God, but God speaks to you through desires. God speaks to you through open doors and circumstances. God speaks to you through pain. You know, your body, when it's hurting, is telling you something, right? C.S. Lewis says it this way. God whispers in our pleasures, but he shouts in our pain. God is trying to tell some of you stuff through pain. God speaks through our listening. Again, so, so many times I'm like, you know, I just ramble off, and God loves it. He loves to hear me talk. He wants you to pour out your heart before the Lord. But then I close the book and say amen. And if you're anything like me, listening, like silence and solitude, that is so hard for me. But can I tell you, we're in the noisiest busiest generation in history and it's not helping us and i just want to encourage you what would it look like for you to be still and know that he's god what would it look like for you to carve out time where you can actually get alone long enough to begin to hear his voice and journal his voice and again steward his voice because here's the thing god's not just called you to listen he's called you to obey Jesus didn't say, blessed are those who hear. He said, blessed are those who hear and obey the word. Can I tell you something else? I feel like God taught me a couple years ago is I was asking the Lord to, to speak to me more and more. And I just lovingly felt like God said, why would I speak to you now when you've not done the last 10 things I called you to do? He's a good loving father, but he's honest. Like he loves us enough to tell us the truth. Can I tell you the thing that might unlock some of your ears today is something as simple as repentance. To say, God, I repent of that. I'm going to walk in obedience to you. Because can I tell you, the more that you obey the voice of the Lord, uh, I'm telling you, God wants to minister to some of you in this moment. The more you obey the voice of the Lord, the louder and the more intense the volume becomes from his spirit to yours. But unfortunately, the more we resist, that's why the writer of Hebrews says, today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice today, because the more I ignore the more I dull my ear to hear, but God can heal and touch you today. I've been praying a specific prayer every day that God would anoint every ear to hear and that God would do something special. Steward his voice, recognize his voice. And uh, number four, relationship with the Holy Spirit. Is this helping anybody? Four of you. How about Lancaster? Is this helping anybody? Shout me down. I just know it by faith that you're with me. 
God's going to speak to somebody today. Relationship with the Holy Spirit. Number one, realize who you are. Number two, read his word. Number three, recognize his voice. Number four, relationship with the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine, I just want you to imagine for a moment that you walked with Jesus while he was on planet earth, while he was in flesh and blood. Can you imagine that? Anybody like me, you would love to have walked with Jesus in flesh and blood. Lord, do not let your feelings be hurt that three-fourths did not raise their hand in that moment. Okay. You know he sees us. So I'm joking. Calm down. All right. Um, but can you imagine? I mean, you're walking with Jesus. He's healing the sick. He's raising the dead. He's answering all your questions. Uh, if, if, you know, I mean, next week, Daytona Beach, like it's supposed to be cloudy, like Jesus would say, no, storms be still. Clouds go away. Sun, we get a tan right there by the pool. It'd be perfect. I mean, can you imagine the beauty of walking with Jesus, him answering anything that you need to know, him casting out demons, teaching the masses, and then one day Jesus says, I have to tell you something. I'm about to go away. And can you imagine the heartbreak of knowing that you're a hero, knowing that the Son of God, the awaited Messiah of the ages, the one that can do anything, the one that loves you like no one else has ever loved you, is about to leave. And then he says something even crazier. That to be honest, it, not to sound disrespectful, but you almost want to pull Jesus aside and correct him. He says something really crazy. He says, it's actually, not only am I going away, but it's actually to your advantage that I do it. Can you imagine? Jesus, how could it be better for you to leave? You're Jesus. You're the Son of God. And here's what he says in John 16. I want to read this to you. It says, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He says, look, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, will, he's going to speak. The Holy Spirit is going to speak. Jesus is saying, look, I know it's been amazing that I'm here, but I'm going to send another one. And that word in the Greek, another means one of like kind. He says, I'm going to send the Spirit of Christ, the third person of the Trinity, and he is going to be just like me. And guess what? It's going to be to your advantage. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's better than Jesus? Absolutely not. The reason is because Jesus was only flesh and blood on the planet. So he couldn't encourage you at the Starbucks in Canal Winchester and encourage Thomas on the shores of Jerusalem at the same time. But he says, when I go to the Father, I'm going to send the power of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? All the things that they predicted and waited for in the Old Testament are going to come true. Because the Spirit of God, me, is not just going to be with you. He's going to be inside you. He's going to be in you. He's going to empower you. He's going to bear fruit. And he's going to speak to you. So anyone that says... The Holy Spirit doesn't speak. Jesus is telling them, look, the Holy Spirit of truth is going to come, and he's going to guide you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to talk to you, and he is going to be the adventurous part of Christianity. Look, can I just say this? Can I suggest if your faith journey has been a little bit dry, and maybe you felt a little bit distant from God, and maybe you're stuck in the same patterns, and, and they can go ahead and come to the music so I shut up, or I'll go three more hours. Um, are you okay with that? Can we go till two? You go with that? Okay. All right. Shut the doors and lock them. They said two o'clock school. <laughs> Can I just tell you the missing ingredient may be a dynamic, thriving, personal relationship with the spirit of God. You know, I, I thought I'd get a bigger amen than that. You know, in the days that Jesus walked the planet, people tried to have a great relationship with the father apart from the son. Can I tell you a lot of people today try to have a relationship with the son apart from the spirit? 
But he's the one that reveals Jesus. He's the presence of God on earth. He's the one. And so guess what? Everything Jesus said would happen, happened. If you read through the book of Acts, uh, the Holy Spirit would speak to them and lead them and guide them. You'll, you'll hear Paul saying things like, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told us not to go into Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit told us to go into Rome. The Holy Spirit stood by me and he said this and he said that. And again, if you ever think the Spirit of God says something and it goes against the Word of God, then it's not the Spirit of God. We clear? Okay, perfect. But the Spirit of God is going to talk to you and lead you. The Holy... Paul finished... Second Corinthians by saying this, may the love of Jesus and the grace of God and the fellowship, that word fellowship in the Greek means intimate communion. May the intimate communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. Can I ask you something? How is your intimacy with the Holy Spirit? Because he wants to speak to you in the same way Jesus spoke to the disciples. Barb Batterson says it this way, we can look at the word of God as the guidelines and the Holy Spirit as the guide. You want to live a life of adventure? Stay submitted to the guidelines and sensitive to the guide. I'll preach to myself. This life is the most adventurous thing you'll ever experience if you'll go on a journey and say, I'm going to spend my life submitted to the guidelines and sensitive to the guide. That's when miracles happen. I was in China a few years ago. I know it sounds right. I was in China. Um, uh, but my dad and I, um, my dad's retired and he... Uh, finds he should be a travel agent finds the craziest deals like the cheapest deals so we've made it kind of like a father-son tradition that we're, we'll go to China not China but on an adventure like once a year and so a few years ago we went to China and I remember it was great it was fascinating spent half the week northeast in Beijing second part southeast in Shanghai and it was a great I mean it's fascinating but to be honest I just felt a little spiritually dry uh, while I was over there and uh, it's just a different spiritual climate. And I mean, I've been doing my thing, what I usually do, getting up at 3 a.m. to fast and pray and, and all that. It's, it's a joke. Um, I mean, but I had spent time with the Lord, but I was just feeling dry. And I was like, I just, I just prayed a prayer in the middle of the week and I journaled it. I said, Lord, I'm just going to ask you for a God moment. I'm telling you, God's crazy about you. And if you lean into God, God will lean into you. And I said, God, just, I, I'm just praying for a divine God moment. Would you just do that? I just need something to... The last night we're there, we're in Shanghai, a little picturesque, kind of movie-like uh, river cruise with the Shanghai skyline. And there's a guy that was the son of some of my parents knew, this couple that was at their church, real formal Presbyterian church in South Carolina. And this guy named Stephen Weathers had been living over there. But last minute, it didn't look like he was going to be able to come. And I just, um, but I just felt something again the voice of the Lord you hear from the inside and sometimes it's just it's just a sense it's an impression it's you know and I just said that I really feel like we're supposed to meet with this guy so I got the phone I texted made sure he can meet with us and um, let's put the picture we can put the picture first that's China that's uh, the Forbidden Palace in Beijing no big deal just pretty cool but then the next picture this is uh, Stephen Weathers um, you know just makes people like me feel so insecure um, and so this guy, we meet, you ever just meet somebody, you just click with instantly, right? No one's ever, it's never happened. Okay, that, that's happened to you. Like, you just click with people, you know I'm needier than that. You can't, you can't sit there with arms crossed. Not with me, I'll annoy you. I'll have them keep those doors locked till 4 p.m. I promise you, I will. But um, we just clicked instantly, and I just loved this guy, and we started talking, and we were on the boat, and all of a sudden these girls come over and start asking for pictures with us. And I was like, okay, you know, like... <laughs> All right. 
I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but all right, I get it. Like, we're just, we're, again. Until, like, guys started coming over, too, and families. And then one of the guys I started was just, I promise you, was like, hey, could you just stand over there while we take the picture? And I was like, what? I slowly realized they did not care about me. They did not want me in any pictures. Come to find out, and you can Google it later, not now, but Stephen Weathers is rated in the top five of the most Ameri- uh, famous Americans in China. He's a celebrity. He runs the travel show in China. Afterwards, he's like, can we... I'd love to take you guys out to eat in the town. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. So me and my dad and this guy, it felt like a movie. I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I'm not bragging. It was just an adventure. We, we go to these, I mean, I've been eating, I'm just going to be honest, really cheap Chinese food all week. And I was dying for some good food. Took us to a five-star restaurant. The chef recognizes him. Just starts sending out platters, lobster risotto and steak and crab and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, this is so good. I just, uh, God, I love you. And, um, and I was like, man, how did you get over here? And he said, he said, man, he said, um, I've just been on a journey. And he said, and this guy's a blue. If you're taking the personality test, he's a one on the Enneagram. Like this is a very rational. And he was raised in a church where you don't hear from God. That's because they've probably been burnt by the people that always think they hear from God and say stuff and take his word out of context and all that kind of stuff. And, but he said, I was reading through the book of Ephesians one day. And while I was just reading through it verse by verse, I heard the Holy Spirit for the first time in my life. And he told me, your dad is about to get diagnosed with prostate cancer but I'm about to heal him. So I want you to know. That's crazy. Okay. Sure enough, a month later, his mom calls said, I got to tell you something. And it happened just like, and my dad is sitting there again. My dad's very conservative, very kind of just, he's like, I remember that. Because my dad is friends with his parents. And uh, and so he said, after that, he said, I I went on a mission trip to China just for a week. And uh, while I was there, it was with the Campus Crusade for Christ. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Really cool organization. He said, and the leader over it told me, he said, not trying to be weird, but the Holy Spirit gave me a word for you that you're going to be living in China 10 years from now and you're going to be on TV. And he said, okay, I think this guy's probably eating bad pizza. He's a little cuckoo. Okay, that's not going to happen. Not going to do that. Sure enough, he ends up moving there to teach English. Somebody sees him teaching English, asks him to film a video. Long story short, they then ask him to put those videos on the travel channel. And just check out a couple of these people. I looked this up later because he was too humble to tell me. But just check out. This is me and my girlfriend. There's, there's Jessica Alba. And uh, I asked him, I said, so, you know, she's still single. Like I heard she got saved. And, you know, um, she might, I don't know. She might be. Uh, I mean, here's another one. This is him and Yao Ming. Imagine how I would feel. Um, that would be so bad. Uh, but, I mean, this guy, so I started saying, well, man, so tell, and he just starts telling me. He, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I moved to China. And he said, I remember, like, one of the first weeks, like, I started tithing to this church, and uh, by the way, come to find out, he's the one that's helping lead uh, China Hillsong, by the way, for any Hillsong fans in the house. Craziest story. Government's literally watching, and he, he sent me something last week that he has to speak in code, and he's like, lift me up to Father. The government is maybe asking us to get a building. The craziest thing in the world. I mean, just who, how does God do these things? And he's telling me about a time that he would put the money, his tithe, on the table at the same time, every single time. But one day in particular, God said, no, you're going to tithe through your card later or whatever, but I want you to put that in your pocket today. And he's like, okay. He goes out. The cab driver, he can tell is emotional. He starts to up this conversation with the cab driver. Come to find out the cab driver's daughter is about to have ear surgery, really broken about it, doesn't have the money for the medicine. And he just said, look, I know you probably don't know who Jesus is, but I just want to let you know God loves you. How much is it? It was the exact amount as the money that he had in his pocket. And he gave it to him. And he walked over to the sidewalk. And he told me, he said, I watched that 
Chinese man over his steering wheel sob because there's a God in heaven that loves me. Why are you telling me all this? Because I'm telling you there is a God in heaven. He still speaks. He desires to speak to you. You can hear his voice and you don't need to just hear his voice for you. You need to hear his voice for other people. I was, I was riding home that night. Just one of the, you know, those cloud nine kind of nights. And I was like, God, why did you do this? What is all this about? And I'm just so, you ever just go to bed? Just, what was the last time you went to bed? Just full in your heart, you know? And I was just full and I just felt the Holy Spirit just whisper to me, not in a weird way, but say, this is the prayer that you prayed halfway through the week. And today is my gift to you. And I just want to ask you something. As you think about Jesus' promise to the Holy Spirit that will live in you and lead you and speak to you and guide you. As you think about the book of Acts, as you think about history, as you think about just some of these crazy stories, I'm saying, here's my question. I wonder what the Holy Spirit's been trying to whisper to you. And have you been following close enough to hear? Because here's the deal. Prayer's also not meant to be a living room sitcom. It's meant to be a wartime walkie-talkie. And some of us are avoiding the context in which we need to hear the voice of God. And I just want to tell you, you need to hear the voice of God because you need a word of God over your marriage, over your future, over your kids. You need a word of God because that's how you build intimacy. You need to know the voice of God because let me tell you something. The voice you listen to the most is the voice that's shaping your life. And you need to hear the voice of God, but not just for you, for other people. I, I'm closing, I'm out of time, but I, I took a couple out to eat a couple weeks ago at Cheesecake Factory, and I'm there, and I know him, but I don't really know her. We're praying over the meal. I'd love to say this happens all the time, so don't hear me saying, oh, Rush, you're so spiritual. No, no, this is the kind of thing I want to happen more often. But I just prayed under my breath, just in my head. I said, Lord, is there something I can encourage them with? And again, I don't know her. I only know him. I just heard the Holy Spirit say, ask her how, how her daughter's doing. Well, I didn't know she had a daughter. And I didn't know why I would ask her, but not them. But I just, and I didn't say, thus saith the Lord. Hear ye, hear ye. I didn't blow a shofar horn. I didn't get weird. I just said, hey, so, like, do you have a daughter? And she said, yeah. She said, you have a daughter, not with him, but with the previous marriage. And she's been hitting rock bottom, and I've been so burdened for her this last year. But just this week, I felt like God wanted to bring me to a place of surrender about her. And I was able to share. I said, well, I'm not trying to be weird. I just wanted to let you know that God knows right where you are. And God was thinking about you. And God had you on his mind. And you can trust God with your daughter. I want to tell someone, oh, does that mean I, let me tell you something. I'm just a stupid sheep. I'm about the most inconsistent, flawed, stubborn person you've ever met. I'm just telling you, if I can learn how to begin to hear the voice of God, anyone in this room can begin to hear the voice of God. Just stand to your feet. I, I want to read to you this verse in closing. This is my prayer for you. Romans 8, 15 through 17 says, This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a child like, What's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. God still speaks and he desires to speak to you and you can hear his voice. We're about to sing and I want to encourage you to make this song your prayer. Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice and I pray that your voice would ignite fire 
in their spirits and in their souls. May they learn, may all of us learn to recognize your voice at a deeper level. God, you're speaking to some of us today. You're speaking to all of us. God, I, I think some of us you're speaking like you did through the prophet Isaiah that said, come and let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, I can make them white as snow. Let's have a conversation. Today I can forgive you. Today I can give you a brand new start. Today I can give you a brand new future. Some of us, you're just calling to deeper levels of intimacy, like David in Psalm 27, 8, where he said, Lord, I have heard in my heart you asked to come and talk with me, and my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Speak today to your people. In Jesus' name, and amen, and amen. And hey, as they get ready to sing, I just want to encourage you to take a moment as they begin and set aside every distraction. And would you lift your hands to heaven if you feel comfortable and just say, Lord, speak. I need to hear your voice. Come on, just tell them right where you are. Say, God, it has been a long time since I've had a conversation with you. I need you, Lord. I need your touch and I need your presence. Speak to me, Lord. I'm listening. <laughs>